Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Can you dig it? You touch my brain. My heart and mind, my soul is all the same. Yes, T.I. What a big way to start the programme this morning. You touch my brain, Al Jero and Dr John. If that hasn't woken you up, nothing will. Good morning. I'm Elliot Moss. This is Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. Eric Bjorklund is my business shaper today. He is the co-founder, COO, CFO and lots of other titles, I'm sure, too, of the Yacht Week a sailing business, and you'll be hearing exactly what it is and what makes him and his business so special. Lots coming up from him shortly. In addition to hearing from Eric, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, some more brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Robert Glasper, Laura Mavulo, and this from the iconic Aretha Franklin. The delicious Aretha Franklin with Chain of Fools, a lovely and a brilliant song too. This is Jazz Shape, as I said, and I promised you earlier here on Jazz FM that you would be meeting Eric Bjorkland. He's the co-founder, COO and CFO, only two titles really, um, of the business called The Yacht Week, and he's Swedish as well. So um, he'll have a lovely accent just about to come up on Jazz FM right here. Thank you very much for joining me, Eric. What is Yacht Week? Tell me what Yacht Week is. Well, thanks for for allowing me to join. Uh, Yacht Week is uh, a group sailing experience that we do in different, in the best sailing waters around the world for people between, let's say, 20 and 35. Okay, and and only 20 to 35 girls can take part? Anyone is welcome, but that's uh, That's the majority of the people, yeah. And just explain a little bit more about how um, you you came to create this business, because as I understand it, essentially people get to borrow if that's probably not the expression, but to use a yacht for a period of time and enjoy the delights of this wonderfully expensive lifestyle that they can't normally afford. Yeah, so we, we, we sort of want to bring sailing to a new audience that are not usually uh, sailors necessarily. And uh, we, we worked as skippers, me and my business partners, uh, when we were studying at university. And we decided to bring friends because the demographic was very skewed towards families and uh, corporates and so on. So it was the best job in the world hands down and uh, the only thing we were missing was uh, a, a good crowd to go with so we invited people and uh, we said okay let's bring 100 and uh, 250 joined and uh, yeah I mean every day you go to a new island you have a new adventure it's uh, it's uh, quite an adventure and and uh, and then it became really popular so eventually we did it another year and and uh, Twice as many people showed up, and then uh, we thought if we can bring like five, six hundred people from Sweden at the time, 
then there is a big chance we can bring a lot more people from a lot more countries. And is this year round, or is it a specific week, or is the point about the week can be? No, whenever, it's whenever like you want it uh, it's we do it both in the summer and the winter. So in the summer we do it in the Mediterranean on four, three, four different locations, and in the winter we do it in the Caribbean and in Thailand. And basically, uh, at beginning of 2008, after you dabbled a bit and had your friends come along and, I guess, indulge your passion, you realised this was going to actually or potentially be a business for you rather than just something that you did with your friends. Yeah. So then we set up a company in Sweden. My business partner dropped out of university. I sticked on. And uh, we uh, started developing the business and, and getting people engaged in different countries. And then at some point, I think in 2009, 2010... Uh, we moved over the business to London. I moved over in 2011, and now we're running the company. Uh, most of the employees are here in London. Find out why Eric moved to London Town. Um, lots more coming up from him. Time for some more music, and this is aptly London Town from the New Century Jazz Quintet. That was the rather jazzy London Town from the New Century Jazz Quintet. Eric Bjortland is my business shaper. He's the CFO and COO and co-founder, what a mouthful, of the Yacht Week, a clever idea based on a passion. The sailor turned into a businessman. I imagine you still sail, Eric. Do you still get the chance? Yes, less and less. But hopefully it will become more and more <laughs> over time. <laughs> As you get wealthier and wealthier. <laughs> Tell me, you, we were talking before um, that beautiful track about moving to London. What made you move to London? Why did that become the centre of the operation? London is a good uh, city for us to operate from. We want to build a company that uh, embraces a multicultural uh, skill set and uh, people from all over the world. So... We have an international client base or guest base of guests, and uh, that makes London a really good city in Europe to be based in. Now, your web—you have a, you obviously—is a relatively web-driven business. This, or is it something else? I mean, you obviously grew, and we'll talk about your growth yeah. in, in a moment. But you grew at the same time that Facebook and other big businesses were starting to essentially become proper footholds in the yeah. digital world. Is it—is it, that where how people find out about you? Yeah. So uh, it's totally relying on friend-to-friend or word-of-mouth marketing. But we give good tools. We were early out to produce good promotion videos. Uh, we have professional photographers. I mean, today a lot of people do that, but we used the window in 2008, 2009, when not a lot of people did, and got like a, a big uh, leverage on word to mouth by uh, by Facebook and YouTube. And, uh, and, how, and how did you know, without say, sort of sounding idiotic, how did you know what to do? Young guy, fresh out of university, your partner who dropped out of university, and I hear both sides of those stories, um, the different people I meet, and to different different and fantastic ends how did you kind of put that first business plan together based on uh, what we've done in sweden it's just to extrapolate i mean how much demand do we have on this population what's a reasonable amount of demand in other populations we know the product is really good uh, because it's so unique to be in these waters and you have 
tip like uh, you have ocean view all the time and you and, and it's quite affordable and where, where where will where will people be able to go sailing so i understand is all over or in certain we parts do of the world? like uh, we do croatia a lot greece italy uh, british Virgin islands and thailand but you, when you set the business up back in '08, and yeah. all those gorgeous, for, for, to to go to those, some of those gorgeous places, and then more, I, I guess you've added. Your you you just mentioned various different social media sites. You said obviously as a digital native. Do you yeah. think if someone had been twenty years older than you, they would have struggled creating this business that you've created, or do you think it's just about an attitude towards understanding the power of new technology? I think we took a different approach uh, on on uh, how to attract people into sailing. Uh, it was driven because we had a passion for the product, and we believe the product was really good. But uh, yes, we come from from that age, so we understand it better. I mean, the charter companies, the sailing charter companies, they market towards sailors, and, and well, now they're uh, a little bit better. But back then, we were the only we were the only pretty much the only way you could purchase a sailing charter online, a fully transactional process online in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. No one else really did that. But uh, you did wire transfers and. Uh, and calling people and so um yeah of course other people can do that but i think uh, uh we 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 were a bit lucky and uh yeah. being humble now he's a bit lucky a bit lucky he's built a, a few million pound turnover business stay with me for much more from my business shaper eric bjorkland in the meantime though latest travel in a couple of minutes and before that some words of wisdom for your burgeoning business from our program partners at mishkondorea my name is Andrew Remington and I'm a corporate partner at Mishkondorea. I spend my life assisting clients doing M&A transactions and raising capital. Having done many, many deals, each deal uh, has many similar components, but one thing is always different, and that is the people. Uh, understanding the individual personalities of a deal is critical to the success of any transaction. Good negotiators adopt the 80-20 rule. Generally speaking, the other parties around the table do 80% of the talking and the good negotiators listen, try to understand what the key issues are that the other parties need or want to have from the transaction and then trying to be sympathetic to those whilst not losing sight of your own business deal. So be a good listener, um, but don't lose sight of the goal, which is to achieve a deal that works for both sides. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM. If you don't catch me at that time, you can always go into iTunes. You'll find over 120 or 30 or even 140 programmes on iTunes, all safely locked away for your delight. Eric Bjorkland is my business shaper today, and he is the CFO, the COO, I just like saying it, and the co-founder of The Yacht Week. And if you were listening earlier, and I hope you were, you'd have heard how the passionate salesman, sailor, has become a businessman and someone also actually who created a business based on the back of what was going on in terms of a, a, an enormous growth moment in the world of the web. 2008, 2009, those first couple of years when you're running your own business and you've kind of moved from the passion thing to the business thing, were there times when you thought, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore, when I just want to get off the ride, or were you committed to being the business guy at that point? I think, uh, yeah, there are moments when you doubt, like, what am I doing? Where is this going? And uh, are we crazy? Uh, dealing with Croatian uh, politics can be quite tricky. 
How do you navigate all those waters, though, uh, Eric? You're you're a young guy still. You know, you seem pretty mature. Did you have to grow up fast when things hit you? One thing and then another. Or? No, I think yeah, I, th- I I think just like being a tour guide, being a skipper is, is a lot like being a tour guide. But you deal with like uh, a ship worth more than you're worth at the same time. So it's a lot of chaos involved, and then you add the flotilla aspect. So yes, there's a. I think we have a very high tolerance for stress. Uh, every skipper do. It's not unique for me. Be, and especially when you do it in the flip, people are, are, are maximizing their week, they're drunk, and you need to sort of like make sure they have a good time, but focus on safety. But you're in your element there. I mean, as a skipper, you've trained and you, 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 you I believe, sailed with your, your partner, your yeah. co-founder since yeah. you were kids. Business is a bit different, isn't it? Or is it actually not as different as that? No, uh, yeah, there, but there are elements that are similar. And uh, I think so. you need to have patience. And uh, if we can, if we can endure in a, in an environment that can be difficult at times, like in Croatia, we also realize it's uh, barriers of entries for other people to do the same thing because it takes time to build relationships and uh, to gain trust. And all the way through those early years, did you ever have to borrow money, or was this? Did the cash flow kind of work pretty pretty straight, you know, pretty immediately? Yeah, it's sweat equity, so we just work hours and uh, pull pulling work. And so we can, haven't. It's not funded by anything than wow. ourselves. And you and is this true? You're around nine million dollars in sales, give or take. Is that about right? Or is it is it yeah. getting bigger now? Yeah, 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 it's growing healthy, and we're adding. Uh, so we started off doing yacht week, so that's a, like a sailing group experience. Ninety percent have never been on the ocean before or are non sailors, and now we're doing the ski week. So now we're doing uh, the same thing, but on a mountain, and then we train because. If 90% of all our clients have skippers, we uh, we have more connection with more skippers than any other company in the world. So now we're starting like a nautical training and consultancy wow. company. So we do other things. And then for, for, for I guess, a lot of these listeners, we do uh, sail, sailing for non-sailors for a slightly older demographic. Which He's is- plugging now. I can't <laughs> believe it. Shameless. <laughs> Stay with me for even more semi-plugs from Eric Bjorn and my business shaper. Time for some music. This is the phenomenal Glasper experiment, one of my favourites, I Stand Alone. Sometimes we feel alone, but alone ain't always wrong. I promised it would be brilliant, and it was the Robert Glasper experiment, and I stand alone. Eric Bjortland's been with me for a bit, and we've been talking about the ups and downs and the chaos, and in fact, he's still smiling over here, and he's looking back with relish on what has been, as you called it, the roller coaster. When did you know the business was actually going to work? When did you go, you know what, I can stay on the ship, I'm, I'm, I'm steady, and then you sort of, hold on a minute, we're going to hopefully do really well here. Was there a turning point, do you think? I don't think we hit that yet. I think every, every year uh, we're launching next year's bookings in a month, and it's still kind of like, it's getting a little bit better every year. We work on compliance to minimize all risks, but there are natural risks in any business, and I think in this business there are a lot of risks. So uh, we know that there is a demand, but you know who knows? Like we try to make the product continuously better, but maybe people won't appreciate it at some point. Maybe they want to do something else. Maybe there are catastrophes happening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So there is no definite uh, 
thing like this will go on forever. We think we have longevity and and uh, we we've come up with something good. Well, you've mentioned all the other things, the expansions, if you like, of the proposition yeah. into these other worlds. Um, I imagine that you, you you look like you'd be the kind of guy that goes, if it doesn't work, I'll just stop and we'll try another thing. As in the big the big products are going to work, but you're going to play a bit at the edges. Is that a fair thing to say? That you'll be able to be resilient enough just to stop if one business isn't working and carry on with something else? Yeah, we should. Uh, to this state, I think what we've done has worked. All the we, We've used to do only one thing, now we do like five things. We took over the concession, which my business partner is running, the concession of an old fort. And where's Croatia. that? In Croatia. Uh, it's a pristine island, it's called Vis, that was closed for all foreigners until the beginning of the 90s. And it's a 200-year-old fort with British heritage that we have restored uh, into a museum and a cultural events venue where we do weddings and uh, where, where we have we also do concerts. Uh, so it's really becoming an experiential business. Essentially, you're going, I can sell you this beautiful experience that you can't get anywhere else, a real sense of adventure. Yeah, I... I I like to call it like a, a dream factory. If okay. we can create really good experiences that people tap into, uh, then we we can be pretty versatile w- with what it could be. But sailing is has been a, and is like a core area right now. But also group experiences and uh, just really awesome. Brilliant stuff. Stay with me for my final chat with Eric today. Plus, you'll be hearing a brilliant track from Laura Mavula. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Take me outside, sit in the green garden. Nobody out there, but it's okay now. Bait in the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls. Take me outside, sit in the green garden. The beautiful voice of Laura Mavula with Green Garden. You should be clicking your fingers if you're as old as me as well. Just for a few more precious minutes here on Jazz Shape, is Eric. Bjorkland is my business shaper. He is the co-founder of the Yacht Week and an expanding business of dreams, as he said earlier, um, across all sorts of different things, from the fort in Croatia uh, to skiing and uh, and other things as well. It, you were talking earlier um, about you know how you got inspired by the can-do attitude in, that you've probably felt in San Diego and in the States. As you look forward now, what's going to be the next dream for Eric and the business? Where where are you taking it beyond the specific? I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. Where are you going to be in 10, 15 years? Do you still want to be running businesses? Are you still going to be creating stuff? Or are you going to be feet up on the boat somewhere? Yeah, uh, I have no idea, but I'm I'm curious by nature. And uh, I think we're on to something really good. Uh, I think the next thing is now to try expand the demographic and uh, introduce sailing to more people. And this is what we work with uh, on Yachts and Friends. Uh, so maybe just map down all the good sailing areas and and deliver good experiences on those sailing areas for a broader audience, not just uh, people who buy into an intensive group experience. Uh, in, so in 10, 15 years, hopefully we can either just continue on what we do now or expand into new 
New Arias. Now, you're quite a young guy. I daren't ask how old you are, but I, you don't look very old to me. 33. 33. Okay, good. He, he looks younger. <laughs> few. He's, he's got a few years on him. <laughs> what would you recommend to someone, your younger self, six, seven years ago? What would you have said, listener, this is what you should know about the next six or seven years? Because people listening will be those 25, 26-year-olds, some thinking, you know what, I wonder what I should do to get going. When I look around myself and I see people who I look up to, I think a lot of them, uh, they dare to be uh, hustlers. They work their way around their street smart and uh, they dare to take uh, risks in different contexts and uh, do things in an unconventional way. And uh, so if you want something, uh, then figure out a way that may not be by the book way and, and then just try and do it. And then if it works, I think eventually you'll... You'll make it work in a, in a more long-term sense. Very simple. What great advice. Just before I let you go, um, I would love to ask you, what is your song choice, Eric, and why have you chosen it? It's Take take Five. And uh, it's just uh, one of my good friends recommended it um, maybe a year ago, and it's been sticking with me. And I just think it's probably, in a jazz context, it's probably a pretty mainstream track. But uh, it has something to... I, I listen to it a lot when I work, and... Uh, it uh, sort of gets me uh, focused. Brilliant. This is the fantastic Dave Brubeck, in fact, one of my father's first vinyl records, apparently, he tells me. Um, and it is the, uh, Take 5, and thank you very much for being my business shaper today. Thank you. That was the seminal Take 5 from Dave Brubeck, the song choice of my business shaper today, Eric Bjorkland. An intelligent guy, someone who is happy to navigate those choppy waters that are presenting themselves in creating your own business and someone who is carrying on to invent the future for his business and future clients as well. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday morning for another edition of Jazz Shapers when I'll be interviewing someone brilliant again. In the meantime, though, stay with us here on Jazz FM because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.